day, everyone. It's a beautiful day in the PsyQ community. Welcome to PsyQ Podcast. You are here with your podcast hosts, Dr. Zamika Simmons-Yan and Jackie Canning, where we will spill the tea on hot topics in psychiatry. That's right. Here on PsyQ Podcast, you will get the 10-minute lowdown on what's steaming in the world of psychiatry and mental health. We ask you to listen to the episodes, rate us, and review us. Better yet, share the Psyche Podcast with your friends, where we all can sip on the Psyche tea, and maybe have a side of lemon with it. I hope the Psyche community is filled with excitement, because we have a lot of tea to spill. Today, we sip on a large cup of proud tea with a side of lemon. The hot topic surrounds Mental Health America, also known as MHA. We are spilling some proud tea because PsyQ and MHA are supporting organizations in the mission to improve mental health together. Now, what churns my heart fervently is that MHA's work is driven by its commitment to promote mental health as a critical part of overall wellness. Now, that's some tea for you. Commitment, love, and wellness. Mm. Well, MHA does this through advocacy, education, research, and service. So I want you to pull your ears back and get ready to sip because we have a special guest who will spill the tea on some of MHA's initiatives. Now, catch this, and I promise no pun attended, but... The phenomenal woman's name is America. That's right. America Paredes will be spilling the tea on Mental Health America. Oh, I just love her name. America is currently the vice president of partnerships and community outreach at Mental Health America with more than 20 years of field experience. In her current role, she leads the development and cultivation of strategic alliances to leverage MHA's expertise and forward thinking of the before stage four philosophy. I know she has to spill the tea on before stage four, okay? Anyway, America is a bilingual mental health professional with varied experience from federal grant programming to cultural humility and so, so much more. So welcome, America, and thanks for being with us today. Thank you so much. You bring so much energy to this, but I am so pleased to be here with you. Thank you. And you're right. I'm just going to spill it all. (laughs) I know that's right. And again, I say I love your name. Um, But can you just go ahead and spill it? Tell us a little bit more about yourself and give us the tea on Mental Health America. Sure. So um, you're right. Uh, I'm America. I work for Mental Health America. I've been here for almost 12 years, which is amazing. Um, So I've been able to really see the growth of an organization um, and the transition that occurs, you know, from year to year. But Mental Health America has been around since 1909. So I love to say that, you know, we are old, but very good looking. Right. And it's a very long time. And when you think about our work, we have really been pushing from the beginning Um, and advocating for the needs of individuals who live with mental health conditions, as well as promoting mental health for everybody, right? That's really in our name. Um, And that's what sets us apart from everybody else that is in the work of mental health. 
we really want people to feel comfortable in talking about their mental health as an everyday function of who they are as people, how they can address it individually in families and in communities. And our work really speaks to that. So um, you mentioned the before stage four philosophy, and I'm going to tell you what it is. Um, it is really fundamental in how it has changed the kind of worldwide view of addressing mental illness. But the way we really think about it is when you think about any other major disease like cancer or diabetes, um, oftentimes you are going to be using a staging model, which is very common in the medical practice, right? Where stage one is easier to treat, but stage four of cancer is much harder to treat and it's less likely that an individual will recover, right? Which is very disastrous when you think about it. But what ends up happening when we address mental health conditions is the fact that most often people do not seek help until they're at stage four of their mental health concern. So we are trying to really work strategically to help people think about how they can address their mental health before they reach that point of crisis, before that stage four period. That way they can really think about What's happening that may be leading me to think about, for instance, once I start noticing I'm not sleeping well or I'm sleeping too much, not eating well or eating too much, these types of things end up maybe serving as indicators of feeling off, right? But as people, we tend to push it off. We're saying, no, it might be work. It might be this. It might be that. But if we avoid really addressing the issues that we experience, what our research shows is that people struggle for 10 to 15 years before they actually go and get help. So imagine how much time we could really save if we educate people and provide resources earlier on. So that's really our, our thought process. Getting in front of everybody before that point of crisis so that they know they're not alone in their experience and that there are actual resources out there that can be supportive. I really love that philosophy. And especially when you're thinking about other conditions, you know, we do, you know, we we really, really want to catch it before that late stage. And I'm so, so excited that MHA has that philosophy of before stage four, because we do it for all our other health conditions. Why not our mental health? Right. And the, the most critical aspect of our really our well-being, right? Like you can totally be physically well. But if your mental health is struggling, you're not going to be able to really have a match between the two. Inevitably, our physical health will also be impacted by it. So for us, we really integrate that philosophy into, into all of the things that we do from public education through our campaigns, through our programmatic efforts like our screening program um, and the kind of advocacy work that we do where we're really helping people at the legislative level understand the laws that are in place are not helping people. We need to modify those laws to then make um, access to mental health services easier if a person wants to go down that route, right? And also not penalizing people for wanting to get help and then not finding the right resources because our systems are broken. So all of those issues are aspects um, that we you know work on on a daily basis um, but we really do feel like we can make a difference in the lives of people and I love that mission and I think that is the mission of all of us as well and I and I love that we can 
um, come together on that. And I love that MHA is thinking outside of the box on how to make this more understandable to everybody and their caregivers and family and loved ones. And I love that you're also working on all different levels, just not the person level, but on the legislative level, trying to make it easier for everyone in the long run. So I really commend your efforts and I really commend the mission too. Now, you started mentioning some different initiatives, and I would love to hear what types of new resources that MHA has right now and um, what what kind of toolkits or goals or, or initiatives do you have going on for the rest of the year? Yeah, so we are um, closing out June, which is um, crazy to think about that we're in the middle of the year already. But um, as we close out this month, which we focus on pride and men's mental health, uh, we really very quickly ramp up our efforts to respond to the needs of individuals from marginalized communities. Um, and we refer to those individuals in those communities as Black, Indigenous, and people of color. Um, for sure, that's BIPOC. So we have a whole campaign for the month. Um, it was originally created in um, honor of B.B. Moore Campbell who was a fierce mental health advocate out of Los Angeles. Um, and in the congressional record, you know, it's recognized as National Minority Mental Health Month. Um, but we call it BIPOC Mental Health Month as well. And we focus on highlighting the needs of BIPOC communities and, under, and helping people understand why there are differences, why the system, why the mental health system has to think about these differences in order to be responsive to the needs of individuals in a um, equitable manner, but also in a very culturally humble manner, recognizing that the way we speak about these issues may be different in BIPOC communities, the way we address these issues may be different, um, and really at the core, understanding that when we come together as communities, we really have support systems that are so critical to our well-being that oftentimes are overlooked um, within the medical system. So uh, during the month, we will release a toolkit. Um, it will be available on our website at mhanational.org forward slash BIPOC. Um, the toolkit will have everything that anybody needs to latch onto and share on social. So there's graphics, there is um, a bunch of social media content that people can just use as well as fact sheets. The, this year's theme is uh, the hashtag strength in communities. Um, and it's focused on really exploring what already exists in these communities and highlighting the work that is done. And, you know, our calendar never stops because our work continues immediately following that we will go into our back to school efforts focused on the needs of youth and parents and everybody that's involved in the lives of youth. Um, as you can imagine, a lot of folks are going back to school, both in person and in virtually. So there's a lot at stake for young people within the fall period. So we are going to create a toolkit for that. Um, and then Mental Illness Awareness Week is the first week of October. We'll develop a social media campaign for that. And then, you know, we ramp up really thinking about what we'll do for next year for our largest campaign, which is Mental Health Month. So. There's a lot that we are doing. Um, you can always follow us and find more information on our website. All of our past toolkits are available. And we really want to make um, it very easy for people to 
copy and paste. You don't have to create anything. We've done all the work. You just pop it out into your world and share it with your network. And that's amazing because it really helps everyone who may not know where to start or what to start with or how to start, that they can just go there and take a look and then just start utilizing the resources that are set and ready to go. So if you had to pick a favorite toolkit from the past, which one would you pick? What, what do you want to tell the audience about? Um, so there's two. One is our, our, our toolkit that was developed back in 2015. And I say that because that toolkit really introduced the before stage four philosophy for the organization. Um, and in that you would be able to see why we believe that screening, which is available through our website, is the first step in helping individuals understand their mental health and exploring their mental health journey. So um, that's one. And the other is um, a campaign that we did, I wanna say in 2017, um, though I love everything we've done recently, these two are fundamental in that the 2017 one, the hashtag and theme for that was mental illness feels like. And we did that with intention because we wanted to hear from individuals who are living with mental health conditions and have them tell us, what does it feel like to live with depression? What does it feel like to live with anxiety, bipolar disorder? So we created materials based on the responses we received from people. And that's, I think, the most impactful work that we've done because it wasn't us telling people, this is depression. These are the symptoms of depression, even though we do that, right? It was real people saying, when you're feeling this way, this is what my experience is like. And that was so normalizing for others who may not know that what they're feeling is depression, you know? So you can find those toolkits at um, mhanational.org forward slash may under the past toolkits. It's right there linked up for everybody. I love that one. I'm really glad that you picked that one because we all hate to be told how we feel. And when you can have someone who relates and can share and really kind of touch base with you on that extra level. I really do think that's important. So I really love that you pick that one. It's one of my favorites. And it still continues to be um, shared so often because we did work with Gemma Carell. She's an illustrator um, who created um, accompanying images to some of the submissions from folks. And they just, they help people understand so much more than our words can how difficult it is to live with a mental health condition and also feel like you're isolated in your experience. You know, I'm like Jackie. I'm just so excited about those toolkits, but just that lived experience means so much. And America, I know that you are one of the hosts of MHA's podcast titled In the Open. So can you tell our listeners the main goal and target audience for the podcast? Sure. Um, I, I am the co-host. I um, My co-host's name is Teresa Nguyen. And what we really do uh, with the podcast is have very open conversations about anything that's mental health related. Um, and the purpose really started out of our wanting to explore how we could, we could help individuals feel like they were the, less isolated in their experience, right? Um, and our data coming from our mhascreening.org website um, helped us really think about, 
the fact that most people that may be dealing with the early symptoms of mental health conditions may not be ready to go and engage in any kind of therapeutic intervention. They want to learn more about what their experience is. Um, and through that effort, we were like, why can't we just talk about it? That's our motto. MHA's motto is fight in the open. So we're like, let's just talk about it. And we're going to pick topics every week around anything that we feel is coming from our, you know, our audience and our data. And then we just started doing it. So we've been doing it now for three years. Um, and it's really not intended for any one age group um, because folks find us as early as 10 and all the way through the later stages of life. Because mental health and mental illness, it's the ebb and flow, right? We don't just exist in one age. Um, our experience at 40 is very different than at 15. But man, when you struggle, you just want to hear somebody that says, I'm struggling too, and that's okay. Absolutely. And, and I'm really glad that that you all are doing that on the podcast, because not only is it a, a great way for everyone of all ages to listen, but it's really helping to reduce that stigma. So I'm, I'm in love with that too. So many things I love. This tea is steaming today. <laughs> Um, so as we wrap up, I would love to hear, you know, what do you want to highlight for our members um, from psychu.org where you MHA has collaborated or was featured on something that's located there these days? I think one of the most important things that we've done together is really highlight um, the importance of peer support specialists within the medical systems um, and understanding why peer support specialists exist, right? Um, because they have that lived experience. They have so much knowledge to share. And just having that one or two, um, you know, kind of that perspective within a room, um, virtual or not, right, um, just helps individuals feel more connected. And when people are struggling, we want people to know that they really are not alone. And when you think about the role that doctors and medical professionals play, the certified peer specialist becomes a key aspect of how they can help the individual who may feel isolated. Um, and oftentimes the medical, you know, people who are new to the medical space and maybe are not familiar with uh, peer support specialists may not really know um, about what their role may be. So that work I think is really fundamental in what we've done with PsychU. I love that because I think that kind of fits along with the toolbox you highlighted about hearing from others who have experienced um, a certain uh, disorder and, and helping them understand and relate on that way. So I think peer support specialists have been extremely important in care organizations and having them in ERs and, and having them as part of the treatment team. So I feel like that's really important to highlight. So. Again, yeah. I'm loving everything that's going on over at MHA. <laughs> I am too. I tell you, this tea is so refreshing. So America, I, we cannot close out without you telling us, how do you feel? You know, Paul is retiring, the, the former CEO. We have a new CEO. How do you feel about all of this? Well, um, our new CEO is named Schroeder Stripling. Um, she comes to us with a wealth of knowledge um, and comes from a social work background. So I think that is so exciting for who we are as an organization. Um, her years of experience in working in um, DC with women who are homeless 
I think helps to really understand the level of despair that individuals may feel at different times in their lives, but also looking towards the future, understanding what we can do as an organization. So I'm very hopeful of what she brings and what we can do. Um, and you know, change, change is not new, but within the last year and a half, change is just continuous, it feels like. Yes, yes, I'm right about that. I'm excited. I'm excited for MHA as well and for the nation, actually. So, America, I humbly request that we can get you to join us in the future to discuss more of MHA's initiatives. Thank you so much. I appreciate you both. Thank you. So, there you have it. You've heard it for yourself right here on the PsychU Community Podcast. But you don't have to stop here. Definitely check out the show notes for the links to find more resources on today's discussion on psyche.org. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to hear more hot topics right here on the PsycU Community Podcast, please rate and review us. And please subscribe so you always get the new episode whenever it drops. Also, check out our other social media platforms like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. So until next time, thank you for listening, everyone, and have a great day. <laughs>